Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have that UFC 224 review up on Fightful.com. And, of course, just tons of interviews over there. But I'm also the managing editor of FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. Go check it out. That's how we can bring you this show without ads in the middle of it. Uh, it is our premium service. You can always get your exclusive wrestling news at Fightful.com. But over at Fightful Select, we have retro reviews, Q&A podcasts. We have The Weekender, which is really our flagship show in that service where I talk 205 Live, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, uh, NXT, all that good stuff. We're going to talk all in on that show this week as well. But we're going to talk all in tonight. But check out FightfulSelect.com. Alex, all in held their press conference on Sunday. Yeah. They sold out in 30 minutes. Fightful.com was at the presser. We've got uh, several exclusive interviews over on our YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Fightful. We talked to Marty Skrull. We talked to Tessa Blanchard. We talked to Hangman Page. We also uh, were part of the Q&A with uh, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. You can see all those there. We've got tons of articles coming from it. I'll probably use some of the interviews on Listen Your Boy this week. That what else can you say about that besides impressive? Yeah, no, it's incredibly impressive. It's uh, but it's a it's a major development. Like the idea that a bunch of quote unquote indie guys can get together, book their own show, advertise the hell out of it in advance, pick a venue for it. It's ten thousand seats, and say, "Here we go. Here's a press conference. Here's when we're selling tickets. Sell the whole thing out." Like. That's even more of a reason for somebody who's in WWE who's going like, I'm not being used right, and can say, well, maybe I'll go and work somewhere else, and there's actually an avenue for that. And that scares the hell out of WWE because they love having guys locked up under contract. Uh, you know, They figure, well, you can't leave here because how are you going to make any money? You got to stay yeah. here. So now that's basically out the window. Like, I mean, like, serious, this is funny. To me, if Stardust 
can can leave WWE, go yes. out and become this. Think about whether some some guys out there in WWE right now could do if they left. He's one of the most compelling characters in wrestling today. Yeah. And now his wife, who was just a ring announcer in WWE, is also a very, very compelling character. Also a badass. You can say what you want about her in-ring work and where it is now. The woman wrestled with a broken clavicle. Yeah for two matches. So I know a lot of you have no clue what all in are. Some of you live in a WWE bubble and that's fine, but uh, it, it is a, it is an event that Cody and the young bucks are running on September 1st, just outside of Chicago. It started off as a bit of a bet between Dave Meltzer and Cody Rhodes, where Dave Meltzer said that he didn't think that they would sell out or they would put 10,000 people I- anywhere. And really they could have done 10,000 for long beach in, in new Japan. Now, the ticket sales for the Cow Palace are a little bit slower. I think that could be attributed to that that Long Beach show being a one-match show, essentially, when all was right. said and done. But so far, for All In in September, you have Cody Rhodes, Stephen Amell from Arrow, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Tessa Blanchard, Adam Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon, Kazuchika Okada, Deanna Perrazzo, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford, Chelsea Green, who many of you know as Laurel Van Ness, Britt Baker, Jay Lethal, Matt Cross, who many of you may remember as M-Dog 20 or Son of Havoc, and Rey Mysterio. So you have a lot of these people who have high stocks. You have Rey Mysterio. He's off of his his Royal Rumble appearances where people really like that. Chelsea Green, a lot of people think the world of her. Joey Janela annually now puts on a hot indie show. Deanna Perrazzo has appeared on everybody's TV now. She's like 23. She's been on everybody's TV. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix are the hottest things out of Lucha Underground. Chelsea Green, by the way, goes straight from Impact's TV to Lucha Underground's TV. Oh, by the way, WWE has had interest in her for a very long time. And then you have all of the Being the Elite guys who have this connection with their viewers because they have 15 minutes to tell a story every week. That's not to mention the star of Arrow. That's not even to mention Tessa Blanchard, who I think has had just a great impression on Impact Wrestling so far. Britt Baker excellent worker Kazuchika Okada oh yeah that guy yeah oh yeah oh yeah that guy oh yeah the guy (laughs) approaching uh the two-year reign as IWGP heavyweight champion and then son of havoc as well it's it's quite the lineup and they announced Cody is taking on NWA world heavyweight champion Nick Aldis as of now although I think that there's a way that a flip Gordon maybe backdoors his way in wins the NWA title and that's how he gets booked. I got to say, you know, I don't I don't miss an episode of Being the Elite. It is highly entertaining programming and the fact that they were able to pull this off whether I consider it an indie show, that's t- that's that's tiptoeing because it's an awful lot of contracted talent whether it be the Lucha Underground, Impact, ROH or New Japan, but it is an incredible feat nonetheless, Alex. Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's a like I said it's a huge um, you know shock to the system um, that can change uh, you know, like we you can easily look back at this as being a major major turning point like you can look back in five years ten years at this as being the the beginning of a whole new um, world of wrestling like you have all these people you can go down the list of all these people who are working for WWE who are mired in the mid card at best and think what they might be doing elsewhere if, if used in a different way. 
And those guys can say, well, yeah, I'm going to take a flyer on myself and, yeah. and, and, and see where it goes. That's, you know? that's before they even sell the tickets to StarCast. And again, I answered this on the, the Fightful Select show. We're not doing that. We're not one of the main stage people. We're not paying to be at a StarCast thing. We will send somebody to cover the events, uh, given that we're uh, credentialed and stuff. But, I mean, StarCast announced a ton of names, too, for that convention. So they've really turned this into a full weekend. Good on them, man. Good yeah. on everybody involved in that situation because there's a lot of money to be made there. There's a lot of fun to be had. Now, there's some information that we have that maybe isn't out there too much. Uh, we have the video of – we have all kinds of videos on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Cody Rhodes talking about CM Punk's – the possibility of him uh, being involved. Them talking about streaming possibilities. Right now, Cody said there aren't any plans to, but he very much left the door open and – in my opinion, completely opinion, I think that's his way of leveraging it because he said that they want people to see this. If they want people to see it, Twitch seems like the natural option because there's going to be a lot of generous people tipping that type of thing. And I think that would be an amazing way to build goodwill. Like you want to be even more fan-friendly and build even more goodwill. Streaming that thing for free on Twitch sounds like a great idea, but who knows if they'll go that route. If they went a different route, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I do think that it is a little, uh, you know, being coy to be like, well, we'd like to, but we have no plans on it yet. Uh, okay, which means you've got like three people who you're waiting to see if they put a bid on it. Yes, you know? and that's the kind of thing that that you see. But but yeah, I would love to see it go out for free on on, on Twitch. That would be a great a great <clears throat> little gesture from them to say. We want everyone to see this. And once you see this, maybe you'll think to yourself, well, maybe what I'm watching on Mondays and Tuesdays isn't the only place I can get my wrestling. You know what I mean? If if this is something that they might be able to to, to tune into, people who aren't watching, you know, NJPW or ROH or anything like that, they they see this instead and they go, hey, this this is really interesting. So had a lot of people asking me if I will attend. That is my birthday weekend. That is my wife's birthday weekend. And that is our wedding anniversary re- weekend. So that's a big fat no. If uh, we have a presence there, it will be in the form of Steve Muehlhausen, who will cover the event, as he did this press conference and did a great job. So thanks to Stephen Muehlhausen for doing such a great job on that. We've got WWE Monday Night Raw, May 14th, to talk about. Now... <laughs> Obviously, I, I did get a script for this show. It's up on FightfulSelect.com for subscribers, but you know, I didn't do a spoiler post today. <laughs> not a lot not a lot you can really do when it's taped five hours ahead of time. But we get a cold open from the NBC upfronts where Nia Jax, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey were. We're just going to go ahead and talk about this whole thing right here. So... <laughs> uh, first off, I want to say I haven't seen Ronda Rousey this happy and just... Glad to do something in a long time. But it doesn't make sense to have Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, their first promo that you see of them on official WWE programming, their YouTube, talking about the faux horsewomen, the fake horsewomen, and then you got Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, like, blowing kisses at each other. We got a lot in common, but can you you do this? Yeah. Passing notes, do you want to be my friend? Check, woo, or no. Yeah. That's weird, man. Okay, so 
This is obviously to set up Nia Jax challenging Ronda Rousey. I think it was heatless, but it was an interesting, creative way to do that and get a little bit of buzz for it. If they're going to send all those women there, have them do something cool. So the, the things that Rousey was fed to say were very transparent. However, I think her reaction the first time she comes out in front of a live crowd will really tell the story. If Ronda Rousey comes out after she said in this promo, well, a lot of people deserve this shot other than me. And she gets cheered. Okay, whatever. doesn't seem like it mattered. But if there's like this indifferent reaction or these boos, I think everybody sees through it. Then you have Charlotte saying, do it, do it. And initially I was like, why would she tell her to do it? Then I was like, why would she give a shit? She's on SmackDown. So, of course, why, why does she care? She wants to watch the world burn on Raw. So, who cares? What? What did you think about this? I'm very, I'm very wait and see on it. Well, yeah, and I mean, this whole thing is that I'm, I'm wait and see too. But I'm also trying to figure out what all the, what all the possible threads are from this. Like, okay, so you have all this goodwill built up around Ronda Rousey after her WrestleMania match, um, and then the stuff she did post WrestleMania. Like, people really love this, but we're like, okay, man, gosh, I don't know, is she going to be ready? By next WrestleMania to main event versus Charlotte, it's good that they're bringing her along slowly. And WWE hears that and goes, "Aha!" So what? What, what we hear you saying is that she should have her first championship match in a month. And we're like, "No, no, no! We that's the opposite of what we were saying." <laughs> um, and oh, but don't don't worry, we won't we won't push her like we pushed Roman Reigns because she'll say she doesn't deserve it, and that that'll build a lot of goodwill. Okay, maybe. But here's the we have the match, okay? And I'm trying to figure out how you book this match between a complete novice, really, in Ronda, as talented as she is. She's a complete let's, novice. Let's, let's be honest, we got a couple novices in there, right? With somebody <laughs> who who is basically a novice herself, as long as she's been on the main roster and she's been kind of an unsafe worker or whatever. So if this match actually goes to a conclusive finish, like I feel like it can't be very long, and if it is very long, if it if that's the case, you're not going to have Ronda get squashed. So she's going to become the champion, possibly. I mean, if, and if that happens, who's your next challenger? Like, well, well you, have, you have a whole, I'm, but I'm saying you stretch this thing out long enough. You say, okay, does this just basically mean if Ronda's champion, is this just setting up so Stephanie McMahon can be on our TVs all the time as evil baby face, evil heel authority figure? Yeah, they got to do away with that. They haven't done it in a little while and they need to keep it, keep it away. But, I think there are a lot of options here. There are a ton of options. Ronda Rousey could go in there and, like I joked, Fedor and Hongman Choi and just hang from her arm immediately. Also, Natalia's lurking around somewhere. We don't know what's up with her, right. but she she's going to do something. Also, what we haven't mentioned, there's a Money in the Bank winner somewhere. Right, right. So my 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 whole point is with this all of this is that I I like – uh, Naya and I like Rhonda. Like I like them for what they are separately. That's fine. I don't see a way that they come out of Money in the Bank as strong each of them as they would have been had that match never been booked. You know, like there you've done all this stuff making Naya into this sympathetic babyface champion who's a champion against bullying and stuff, and you're gonna have her work against this 
huge star in Ronda. Like that doesn't you putting those two together, that's you're gonna you're gonna nerf one of their goodwill that they have. You just have to. It's just gonna be really if I were to make a depth chart of people who I would want as raw women's champion, Nia Jax falls anywhere from seventh to ninth. Right. Right. But but in like, this case, I may put her below Mickey and Natalia. Why are but the whole thing is then you built her up to give her this mania match to have her beat Alexa and then Alexa again uh, uh, in the rematch, only to then just uh, okay then she like again she loses this match if she loses she falls way down the depth chart. Yes. And and if Ronda is your babyface champion, all of your top really top women on Raw at this point right now are all baby faces too, except for Ruby Riot. I mean, I guess that's your yeah. next thing. So it's weird. It's really weird. I really thought Ruby Riot was set to face Nia. Really, really did. Me too. So, and, and honestly, I wonder how much of this whole like all in, all in, all in, all in has made WWE panic and say we got to grab the headlines back. Let's let's figure out a way of making that happen. Well, I know that I, I when I'm talking, it's so funny because people will ask me, "Oh, how do you get a hold of people?" on the European tour, how do things work there? I talk to a lot of different people when WWE is in Europe because my messages don't get answered as quickly. And one of the people I spoke to said, WWE views Money in the Bank as a big show now. It is one of their big shows. They're trying to establish to viewers that they see it as a big show. And that's one of the reasons why Ronda Rousey is getting booked on the show. It's also the reason why an NXT happens before the show. And that, that was another thing. They said, if you want to know what WWE views as their big weekends see the ones that have NXT ahead of them because that's what they expect. Also, geographically, where events end up. I mean, I'm cool with that, too, because the lull between WrestleMania and SummerSlam used to have a lot of extended builds that didn't need to be as long as they were and a lot of placeholding stuff. And Money in the Bank should be a huge weekend because for at least going into it, it's it's a little bit like Royal Rumble where there's this sense of optimism of what could happen what might happen, what storylines can unfold here. Because if things don't go right for WWE, ideally money in the bank is a good way that they can press reset on a situation. They can get a title off somebody really quickly. They can make somebody important really quickly. Unfortunately, what they often do is give somebody a briefcase and render them just absent forever because they want you to forget that they had the briefcase. It's so weird. Yeah, it is. It really is. Reigns and Jinder Mahal, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns comes out and says that he got robbed. Now, whether he did or not, in storyline, nobody wants to hear a whiner. You oh. want to hear, go back and watch a Tito Ortiz fight. Doesn't matter which one, really any of them. Win, lose, or draw. Here's what happens. You know, I came into this fight, I was almost paralyzed. My neck was almost broken. Doesn't matter if he knocked the guy out in 12 seconds. He was almost paralyzed. The crowd's like, ah, son of a bitch. This again? Roman Reigns says this time he wasn't screwed over by WWE management. At this point, I'm thinking, it's got to be a troll. Maybe they've seen it. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic now that this is all one elaborate troll, and they've seen the error of their ways. Now, I want to establish this, guys. I don't report a lot of storyline news. That's by design. It's by design because WWE is run by a 73-year-old man who literally changes his mind all the time. 
a lot of people pick on Dave Meltzer and how he says plans change. There's a reason I don't report storyline news, even if I get it. And it's because plans change and they change real goddamn often. I mean, real often. The big cast thing, for example, last week, uh, I've got some in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly about that. I was told that WWE was, well, for one, Daniel Bryan was supposed to interrupt that segment. He didn't because they didn't like the bruises that were on his chest. They said, we're keeping you off TV. Plans changed. Then Cass boots a, a little person in the face. They didn't want him to punch a little person in the face. Apparently they were just as concerned for a little person as anybody. But WWE saw that as an opportunity for big Cass. And they changed plans accordingly when he didn't do what they wanted. Alex, what do you make of all this up to WWE management? <laughs> <laughs> didn't screw me over because that's all I've gotten to so far. Yeah, right, right. So I won't, I won't go past that. But I will say, if you, if you're building, if, if you're, if, if they are continuing to try and build this guy as their top guy, the the top babyface, and he comes out and he says, "I got screwed again," and the and the audience isn't one hundred percent behind him. Because, as we all saw, yes, he was interfered with by gender. So he's not lying. He did get screwed with by somebody. But he comes out and he says, I got screwed again. And the audience goes from vociferous boos to deafening boos. Then you have a problem on your hands. Because the audience is saying, yeah, we know. We're happy about that. Go screw yourself. And that's not what you what you should have on this particular occasion. So as I look at this Jinder Mahal situation, last week he wanted an opportunity. He was told to beat Chad Gable, and maybe he'd get that opportunity. He did beat Chad Gable. Then Kurt Angle, admittedly, Kurt Angle acted emotionally and said, no, you don't get it. So Jinder said, you know what? Screw your main event. That's the only heelish thing he's done so far. That's it. And it was heelish. <laughs> so Angle says that he didn't give Jinder a real chance at Money in the Bank, so he's in a triple threat later. Reigns once added in. Also, not a good look if, if you're going full baby face. All right, just give me another chance. I know yeah. I got my chance at WrestleMania. I know I got my chance to earn that WrestleMania match after I lost at the Royal Rumble. I know I got my chance at the greatest Royal Rumble. I know I got my chance to win a Money in the Bank qualifier, but I want another one. I Maybe I'm giving WWE a little too much credit here. I don't think there's any way that they can think that's a good look, Alex. Either that or they really think that our memory is that short. Oh, they, they definitely think our memory is short. But, um, yeah, listen, if it was anyone other than Vince... I would I would think along the same lines that you are. But I honestly don't know. This this guy, like he 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 might honestly think that like no no uh, if 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 it's if it's your destiny, damn it, then that's right. You're supposed to fight for it. And it's his destiny because I say it is. Like I mean like yeah. he might he might think that no, it, it, the, it, honestly, he thinks the world owes somebody something because they were born into it. Like there's I mean it he's he's a very special type of guy this Vince McMahon the funniest thing in the world is when somebody who's fully clothed 
is pushed into a swimming pool. And he's, mm-hmm. he said that's the funniest thing in the world to him. So he's a guy who he's a, he's an interesting cat, you know. He might not have the same thought processes that you and I do. Um, but no, he's his whole thing of like it was very interesting to me, like that WWE management got on the phone to Kurt Angle and told Kurt Angle, no, you're going to give Jinder Mahal an opportunity. <laughs> like, that's interesting to me. Like, they're really fighting for gender on this one. You know, because because of all the success that WWE had under his watch as WWE champion. Yeah, they gotta give him a shot. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's a they, good idea. they brawl backstage. Jinder goes back and attacks, and I love the brawl. It was so goddamn hilarious when Jinder instinctively just heaved Sunil Singh and Roman Reigns. Yeah. First thought, where's Sunil? Let's throw him. That was great. Uh, they brawl, make it to the stage. Mahal Superman punch until it's broken up. I love the brawl. Thought it was great. Thought it was well done. Uh, backstage, or so not backstage, Corey Graves on commentary says, Roman has had all the cards stacked against him. And I'm thinking, all right, it's getting funny to me now. <laughs> I was starting to laugh. You know, there are some things that are so ridiculous. For example, yesterday I was playing wiffle ball and I got smacked in the ankle with a wiffle ball. It bruised and swelled up heavily. How can I be mad at that? It was a (laughs) wiffle ball. You can't be mad at that. That's Mm -hmm. a freak accident. Whatever's going on here isn't a freak accident, but it is a freak accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, (laughs) My my favorite part again again if if you're trying to to help Roman out in any way having him like passively aggressively uh, passive aggressively like cut the balls off of Kurt, Kurt Angle with like no no I I get it I get it you you got a, you got a wife you got kids you got a job to do it's fine you're a company man I get it but I'm my own man and yeah. I'm gonna do what I gotta do not like you company man when everyone whenever they when they really likes Kurt Angle. So he goes there, he beats up Jinder Mahal, and he solves his problem with violence, like all good guys do. And we, we keep on going with this, you know? Well, I can say, I got hit by one wiffle ball yesterday. It felt like I was being pelted with them throughout this activity. And my eyes starting to swell up, my knees starting to swell up, I can barely hang on, and I don't know if it's at the point of parody quite yet. Backstage in the trainer's room, Jinder wants the match delayed. He's got his ribs <laughs> taped up. Uh, we we are like 25 minutes into this podcast yeah. and we're still in the first segment which is hilarious oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. But, <laughs> this went throughout the show Jinder wants the match delayed Angle says he, that it can't be because it's best for business if an injured gender competes Yeah. super baby face Jinder Mahal says alright son of a bitch I'll do it Yep. and he walks out he's limping and this dickhead Roman Reigns spears him through a wall, and it was a good spear. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a good. It was, the spear was a hell of a lot better than the wall. And then Roman Reigns eyes down the the Sunil Singh that he's twice the size of, and Sunil's like, "Get some help! Get some help!" I there's, felt bad for gender. If the goal, a- if the goal was to get gender over yeah. as a babyface, to me, this was a rousing success. My my thought immediately was, how dare you, Roman Reigns? How yes. dare you make me sympathize with Jinder Mahal? How yeah, dare you, sir? I was like, man, Jinder Mahal sucks in the ring so bad. 
Yeah. Like, is he going to start doing the Bobby Roode baby face spots? Like, he's going to do the clothesline. He's going to do a, he's he's gonna gonna do a Maharaja pose. <laughs> and then his blockbuster. Is that what we can look forward to? Listen, listen. Okay. My favorite part of all of this is how obviously fake that wall is once he goes through it. Like, they got oh, a it was sign made for this, for sure. Behind this thing. But I love the thing. They, they, they rigged up some stupid little cable thing to hang down to make it look extra realistic. Like, yeah. come on, somebody help! Somebody help! There's live electrical cables hanging from the ceiling. We gotta <laughs> do something. Um, yeah, this was all ridiculous, especially after because he says because Kurt Angle says I gave Roman Reigns the rest of the night off. He's out. He's he's not even here, yeah. which means like he's not supposed to be in the building. Like he snuck back in to commit assault on this guy. And we're like, yep, that's our Roman Reigns. That's the guy we root for. And here's the thing: the only thing that makes me believe that he's still supposed to be the good guy is the fact that Michael Cole is still caping for this dude hard. And we all know Michael yeah. Cole is the voice of Vince McMahon. Like, well, what are you going to do? Roman Roman is upset. He feels he was wronged, and he absolutely has every right to feel that way. I would I would highly recommend to you guys the interview Sam Roberts did with Corey Graves. He was uh, amazingly transparent about how the things he's told to say and how he doesn't sometimes agree with it, but it's it's his job. So let's get into wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> There were matches on these, none of them bad. Some of them completely absent of heat. WWE Intercontinental Championship, Seth Rollins defeated Kevin Owens. Uh, these two went back and forth before or before and after a commercial until Rollins hits a falcon arrow on the apron, Alex. Yeah, that was great. Great spot. These two guys work really, really well together. Rollins works well with everybody at this yeah, point. No, but, but yeah, but, but, but the thing is that Owens and AJ Styles, for some reason... Good have good matches, but these guys got it together. They really do. AJ with some of those combinations just hasn't blown me out of the water, and yeah, that's that's, that's a little weird. Uh, Rollins goes for the trifecta suicide dive, but the second one was so good. I think he was just like, "Now nah, we're set. Yeah. We're we're all right." Uh, Owens counters the Revolution knee with the DDT that Rollins sells really well. Turns Rollins inside out with a clothesline, a big kick, and a Revolution knee get two for Rollins. But then Owens manages a small package off of a frog splash attempt from Rollins. Rollins goes for a superplex, but Owens turns it into a super fisherman's buster. This spot was cool. Yeah. I, every time Rollins goes for this move now, I'm like, what's going to happen? Is he going to get it or not? And Rollins and whoever he's faced have just beautifully crafted that, Alex. Yeah, I've always loved that move by Owens. It's a perfect counter to being superplexed. Uh, and he's the only one that does it, to my knowledge. I've never seen anybody else do it that way, where you're facing the ring and pick the guy up and twist into the ring. It's great. And it's perfect counter for a guy who does superplexes. Like, a lot of times he'll do this to people who never pull off a superplex in the ring. So you, whenever it's shown up, you're like, no, that's not happening. Um, and you know it's going to be countered into this thing. But if it's Rollins who always pulls out the superplex – that's a great counter move to yeah. have in this program. It's really great. I love also all that, that that Falcon Arrow onto the apron was all after a build trying to get to a uh, an Owens power bomb onto the apron. So it was all we were all trying to move toward that spot, and then they countered it right into the Falcon's Arrow. It was a so roller coaster of a story. I'm into every Seth Rollins match now. I know yeah. he's going to have a good match with everybody. Uh, he instinctively rolls out of the ring after the Fisherman's Buster, which I love as a move. If Owens ever needed a new finish, just a regular fisherman's buster, and he sits out with it and holds the pin, yeah. ooh, that's good stuff. But um, 
Rollins gets the stump, wins, continues to have great matches. Backstage, Kurt Angle is is there, and Kevin Owens says that if he doesn't get an opportunity, he's going to call Stephanie McMahon. He tells on Kurt. Yep. Yep. Like yeah. He's like flight security. He's going to blow a whistle. Um, uh, we'll we'll get into this uh for the for the main event too. Sure. Um, I I, uh, I I love Kevin Owens. I love that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. He's the guy who turns who has this great match with, with Seth Rollins. He, he loses only because he's getting back into the ring, and that's when he gets the stomp. Like, he's, he, he has the match basically won, and then uh, Rollins uh, is able to get up as we roll to the ring, hit the stomp, and he gets the win. So the match was great, and... Owens basically was like, I had I had him. I had him. There's gonna be one more shot and I'm gonna beat him. That's fine. That's totally babyface to think that. What isn't is obviously I'm gonna call I'm gonna call the boss. I'm gonna call your boss, and she's gonna make you do what I want. Um, I love Kevin Owens. That's not the best use of him. He's yeah. a perfect anti-hero. He should be anti-establishment all the way through. Like just he just anti-everybody. Like he's a great anti-hero. But I don't think they're ever going to use him that way. They haven't yet. I mean, ever since Triple H handpicked him to be the Universal Champion like a year and a half ago, he's just been like a, a company boy unless it's Shane. Like yeah. Shane Shane hates him. Maybe Stephanie loves him because Shane hates him. I wish they would come out and say that. Like Stephanie is, is giving Kevin Owens preferential treatment because she knows it pisses off Shane so much. That would be great. It would make a lot of sense. It would plug a hole. Money in the Bank qualifying match. Bobby Roode defeated No Way Jose and Baron Corbin. This match was way better than I expected it. You know, these ingredients on their own, I don't know if it would have made for an exciting match. But thrown together, and that this has been the wrap on Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin for a long time, with a little less downtime. And it, it's that almost that troll heat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they'll, oh, stop it, and I'll throw a chin lock on it. Yeah, you all don't like that, do you? With all that eliminated, these guys can have some good stuff. Uh, Corbin and Jose take turns attacking each other outside the ring. Corbin hits Rude with the side slam inside the ring. Just some solid work. Jose got over with the crowd. Corbin gets angry, rips off his shirt after an apron clothesline. He then follows up with a choke slam backbreaker to Jose and a deep six on Rude. But Rude is able to get the glorious DDT on Jose for the win. Thought this was pretty good stuff. Yeah, it it it, it was, but um uh Listen, here's a partial list of people I'd rather see in the Money in the Bank ladder match than Bobby Roode. Uh, Seth, Sammy, Elias, Dolph, Drew, 
Bray, Woken Matt, Chad Gable, Bobby Lashley, Tyler Breeze, Baron Corbin, and Noah Jose, Apollo Crews, Goldust, Mojo Raleigh, and even Curtis Hawkins. Like, I'm so done with Bobby Roode. Like, this, yeah. this, whole, this whole thing. And even if I wasn't, I could at least be objective enough to know this guy's going to be terrible in a ladder match. What's he going to do in a ladder <laughs> match? Like, like he's also a blockbuster like, off the fourth rung. A blockbuster off the fourth rung will be his biggest spot. Like that's that's it. Like I mean, like he's also how old? Like 40, 40? Four, I think he turned forty-one this week. Do you need to be taking ladder match bumps at forty-one? Like, like I mean, it's just a weird thing. There's other guys, especially somebody like Elias who I think is made for a match like this. And as we discussed last week, is made to be the guy who has the briefcase, except whoop, it's not a briefcase anymore. Now it's a money in the bank guitar guitar case. As it turns out though, the good thing about Elias is if he's not even booked on a pay-per-view, you still know he's going to do something good. That's true, but I'd still like to see him in this match instead. Sure. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are backstage talking to Kurt Angle, and they want to be named the A-Team. Unfortunately, that name is already taken. Mm-hmm. So they go with the B-Team, which stands for the best team. They also want a tag team title match. And Angle says, you've never won a match, period. And, and you lost to the tag champs in a non-title match last yes. week. <laughs> so they face Brizongo. There's a lot that I liked about this match. Oh, yeah. Michael Cole brings up the pay window, winning matches, putting food on the plate. A plus, that should be in canon goddamn near at least every month on WWE programming. Why do you want to win so bad? Why don't you just powder out and leave? Well, because if I don't win, I lose half my money. I don't get my win bonus. Great job, Michael Cole. The other thing I love the most about this is how much Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel wrestled like they wanted to win this match. They wrestled really, really aggressively. They would like it was just a little bit different. Like they tried, they tried really hard to make me believe that they wanted to win this match. And God damn it, I appreciated that so much. Yeah, no, this this is this is great. Uh, I do think though, once once you have the in canon thing of of how much less you get paid uh, when you lose as opposed to when you win. I'm honestly worried about how Curtis Hawkins is making rent every month, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this match show great. money is uh, good enough to make work. Is a joke. But he's got the two it, bedroom, not the three bedroom. Is a joke. Anyway, um, uh, Rizongo impresses even in defeat. I, I think Fandango is a is a like sneaky, solid worker. Like both him and Breeze, if they were given like singles singles matches where they could really go, where they could re- like like peak NXT Tyler Breeze, like that's the guy I want to see in a ladder match. Like that'd be so cool if somehow he could sneak his way into a ladder match sometime. Like that, he'd be so great in it. Anyway, um, this is this is fine. I like in spite of what a ridiculous conspiracy nut Bo Dallas is. Like I can't yeah. help but love him. Like he's so fun. Uh, the B team, A team thing. His post match interview, where he's pulling a Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Like I, I'm, I'm sold on these guys. Curtis Axel's reaction when Bo got the pin, like he couldn't believe it himself that they had won. These guys are lovable. They're so great. I'm so happy they weren't just shunted off to the side when Miz left. 
Yeah. But they were actually given something to do. Like they're they're really good. I'm I'm happy for them. So Breeze gives Bo a pretty sloppy back suplex. Fandango runs up Bo to DDT Axel then hits a nice power slam. Bo takes out Breeze as Fandango misses a flying leg drop. The B team wins with a backdrop neck breaker, and they are in disbelief. They cut a promo, say for their say they're coming for the Raw Tag Team Championships, and the crowd chants B team. Yep. Works. It works. We had Natalia, Ember Moon, and Sasha Banks defeat the Riot Squad. Okay, so first off, Ember Moon and Sarah Logan messed up a Hurricane Rana, but that wasn't what I what we're talking about in this match. No. No. I live in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Sarah Logan, in storyline, lives in Kentucky. I think maybe she did live in Louisville for a while. Don't know. Cole talks about Logan's tater farm or... Logan's uncle's tater's farm. Okay, so that that means a few different things. First off, you sent me a link to tater farms in Kentucky because I've lived here my entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never seen one. Didn't yep. click the link. Not gonna. I know there aren't any around me. <laughs> Plus, that's your assignment this week: connecting uh, I, the dots. I, yep, yep. I, w- I want to know which which farm uh, is owned by her uncle, or if her uncle's name is actually Tater, who yeah. owns a farm. Because yeah. here's the thing: the sad reality is, if you asked me if I knew a Tater who owned a farm, yeah, actually, legit, I know two. That's sad. <laughs> But I don't know where any Tater Farms are. Yeah. I just know where farms are that are owned by a fellow nicknamed Tater. Right. In now, fact, it, there's a bar nicknamed Taters <laughs> 15 minutes from my front door. Listen, um, if you were to ask me of all the states what where, which grow the best Taters, I'm going to say Idaho nine times oh, out of ten. Without a doubt. Uh, but I, I was like, I don't even think there are any tater farms, taters farms in Kentucky. I'm gonna do a little googling, Michael Cole, and call you on your BS. But no, they're all signs of sweet potatoes farms. Yeah. Now I, I will give Michael Cole some credit. Kentucky. Ken- Kentucky's hurting right now. Yeah, our teachers are hurting. Yeah, chicken isn't even the best here anymore. Yep, we're, we're hopeful that gambling, sports gambling, becomes a little more. Uh, normal. We got horses here. That's about it. That's the first two things people bring up. Ha <laughs> ha, chicken. Ha <laughs> horses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, we have those. But you know what? If we start taking over the taters, if it, if it becomes a tate over, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Nice. I, I will say that the best thing about Kentucky taters is they, they come out of the ground already curly fried. So, you know. I don't get it. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> what am I missing on that one? Well, you know, because because Kentucky Fried Chicken, like everything, don't your chickens like come fried like they're already fried, right? Like it's every, it's the South, man. Everything's fried. Damn, man. Right? Damn, man. No. I mean, no. we have Joella's Hot Chicken here. That's way better than KFC. Shout out to Joella's Hot Chicken. Hit me up with that sponsorship. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. If Joella's Hot Chicken hits me up with the sponsorship. I don't care what we bring in on FightfulSelect.com. You're getting those ad reads weekly. So, so you don't live live near McGlasson Farms in Hebron, Kentucky, or Hebron? I think Hebron is probably about 80 minutes from me. Fallen Maple Farm in Elizabethtown, or Hammer Hill Farm in Crestwood, Elizabethtown. Uh, all I know is that they have a really underwhelming grappling team because ours ran through them. Just saying. 
Well, if see if they've been eating their taters. Well, we we tatered them at the Emac <laughs> Classic. I'll tell you that much. We jobbed those we jobbed those sons out. Anyway, some highlights of this match include Liv Morgan's bridge counter, Sasha's meteora off the apron, Ember's suicide dive. There was a real cool spot outside the ring where Ruby and Ember hit each other at the same time, but they were back up in like three seconds. Yeah. That should have been part of the end. Like, whoever put together this match, a little iffy on that finish because Natalia has the sharpshooter on. Ember and Ruby knock each other out. Then Natalia's got to let go of the sharpshooter. They got to run through their high spots outside. Then she puts it back on. Yeah. Outside of that finish, this was decent. But man, that really dragged it down. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, 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 one of my favorite things in all of wrestling right now is an Ember Moon suicide dive. She gets clearance on that thing. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Flying. I love it. Joseph Farley, a fellow Kentuckian, is telling me that Marshall County, Kentucky has a tater day. Ooh. Now, let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Some people may think, you know, anywhere in Kentucky is like 20 minutes away. Now, that's four hours and 55 minutes away. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't know you could travel four hours and 45 minutes and still be in this state. Like, that's even if you drove in circles, you'd somehow <laughs> end up in West Virginia. <laughs> My God. The Deleter of Worlds defeated the Revival in about five minutes. Best pots. Well, there are two really great spots in this match. First off, Dash Wilder does a kip up, and Matt Hardy gets him a standing ovation for doing it. That was incredible. Yeah. But then I think it was I can't remember which it was that had Matt Hardy's leg, while the other one, other uh, member of the revival, came in and drop kicked the one he was based off of. That was a good spot. They do simple little good spots like that and make it work so well. They they always have like the revival like again like if you you want to see some great tag team wrestling uh, go back two weeks ago on main event the revival had a match against Brizongo that was great it was just solid great tag team work and the fact is that this is a little match a throwaway match it's not it's a non title match the revival aren't gonna win it but they're gonna find something like that like holding one guy's leg out the ring the other one's posted up on let's drop kick that leg. Like, that's a great spot yeah. that I haven't thought of. It's a perfect way to start working the leg, which is what they do. And it, it's these guys are so smart, and I really want them to have a good run at some point. I do. I'd like to. Well, that ain't right now. They work over nope. Matt's leg until he gets a side effect. Urinagi, and then there's the kiss of deletion. The finish was really slow. B team were taking notes. Sami Zayn comes out. There really isn't much to say about this. He had vertigo. I've had vertigo. It sucks, but he had vertigo. He didn't have vertigo, and I really it's really insulting to me that they still keep talking about it. Just <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Everyone actually knows why he wasn't allowed Not to go. Everybody. Not well, okay. Everybody. Here's the thing: the people who think it's vertigo, fine. You can say it once and then move on. The fact you keep bringing it up is a little kind of f you to everybody who knows why he wasn't there. And I don't know. It's kind of, it it kind of sucks. They're starting off storyline of the century right now. It's not an insult to anybody. <laughs> he has contacted Bobby Lashley's sisters via Facebook, and they'll appear next week on the show to expose him. Okay. okay. So, what do you think is more likely for Bobby Lashley's sisters? 
we were speculating about this in the, the <laughs> chat, by the way. Like three, three little people okay. or three of the biggest, fattest black women that Vince McMahon can find. We're saying something like that. We're like, please, God, don't let it be in drag or blackface. Uh, like, oh, God. Black <laughs> uh, honestly, if it was 10 years ago, it would be in blackface. Yeah. Now, I don't I mean, think. We were, I don't... About this. we were talking about this in the chat. White chicks wouldn't fly anymore. No. You can't make that movie today. No, no. So, man. Oh, hot dog. I mean, like the DX skit. You can't do the Mark Henry thing. You can't do no, that. No. You can't do the DX Nation yeah, skit. Listen, listen. You probably shouldn't have done the Mark Henry thing yeah, when you did it. shouldn't have been. That's just like 20 years ago. You probably should have done it then. Yeah, that's, that's now you true. definitely can't do it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh that's a thing. Money in the Bank qualifying match. Alexa Bliss defeats Bailey and Mickey James. No heat for this at all, except for the opening chant for Bailey. I mean, it's a weird deal. Like, I guess, I guess they're 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 not going to have either Bailey or Sasha in this match. Possibly, maybe. I don't know. I guess we we're thinking about how like uh, they're still doing eight women as well as they're doing the eight men because there really aren't very many women who haven't had a shot at at qualifying on the raw women's side. So I'm assuming it's po- still possible that Sasha can get in the match or Bailey, but if they're keeping them both out of the match, then you could, you know, progress this thing even further in some way at money in the bank. But, um, but I was kind of looking at this match as it was happening. I was like, Oh, well, Bailey, this is how Bailey gets in. And then Sasha will get in via uh, a second chance match or something. And they'll have a big spot in there where they cancel each, each other. Each yeah. other, they, they, They're up on the on the on the ladder, both going for it, knock each other off, and then Alexa Bliss or somebody will climb up and get it. It That'll makes the, too much sense for their placeholder booking to not do that, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, so I don't know what you do otherwise. This is a weird thing because I think everyone was 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 thinking Bailey was the obvious choice. It it kind of was like, oh, Alexa Bliss, and here's the thing. Alexa Bliss is going to have a great spot where she does a twisted bliss off the top of a ladder onto all of the other women. It's going to be a great, really cool spot. Yeah. And if if you're going to enter into a world where Ronda Rousey is hovering around the Raw Women's Championship scene, having the briefcase in the hands of somebody like Alexa Bliss, who can be opportunistic towards somebody who she definitely couldn't beat one-on-one, that's a great person to have hold the briefcase. So at this point, Alexa Bliss is kind of my pick to win that match. So we get a we get the typical double team on Bailey, rope stunner uh, by Bailey on both of the heels. Mickey can run in an infrared hit. Crowd does not care. Bailey to belly, but Mickey breaks it up and brawls with Bailey. Then Alexa capitalizes with a big punch and DDT for the win. Just no heat to this match. Kind of disappointing to see because. Yeah, you know, I can't say this match didn't have stakes. It did. So yeah, it's weird. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre defeated Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. This makes me just really believe that they're determined to make Braun another guy instead of the guy. <sighs> Six weeks ago, the storyline was that Braun didn't want to team with anybody. Yeah, he's been doing almost nothing but teaming with people since then. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'm all for Spider-Man and the Hulk having a really cool run with the tag titles. If you're going to make this team a thing, that's great. Do it. But where, not... where's that? Where's that loser Nick at anyway? I, I Nicholas. Don't... 
Yeah, he's uh, honestly he's on Twitter and he's and he's running game. Like he's he's like he's like, hey, everybody, join my Patreon. I don't think he actually has a Patreon, but basically, <laughs> he's like, follow me on my YouTube channel where I'm doing unboxing of of you know, WWE figures. Isn't that cool? Uh, so hey, he's he's got to hustle. Well, you know? school's probably out right now, but he's probably doesn't want to wrestle because it's softball season or yeah. some shit. Um, was it just me or were you watching this thing? I mean, like I understand it's too early right now to do it, but you mm-hmm. have Drew and Braun standing in the that's ring. That's a story. That's, a, that's thing. a story. That's a thing. Like that. That's the that's the kind of match for a title. That that Vince should be all over. Like, look at the size of these dudes, and I absolutely believe that Drew McIntyre could hit like three claymores in a row and pin Braun yeah. Strowman. That's your he thing. You can, you can you can do it with this. He's almost as tall as that guy. Like, it's a thing yeah. you could do. Big hosses just beating the crap out of each other. But instead, well, Roman Reigns is very upset, and he has every right to be. <laughs> Like, so, I don't understand, you know? I thought that McIntyre asking for Braun was a great touch. It was an awesome yeah. touch. I wouldn't have had him tag out. I would have had Neither him stay there standing still, and I would have had Ziggler tag back in mm-hmm. that way. Also, that puts a little heat on Ziggler, too, because Ziggler's not afraid to take on Braun right. Strowman, but you got the stare down. Uh, I loved Braun screaming at Balor, You're okay, get up. That's so good. That was awesome. And uh, they posed together. Yeah, he's really eyeing Strowman the whole time, but Ziggler takes the beating when Strowman gets the tag. A big wrinkle to a Braun Strowman match is him taking the ring post spot. Yeah, that's weird. Shit, shit's got to stop. They very rarely do that. Yeah, I, that's I, new. Shocking. Balor gets a sling blade, but the crowd is kind of out of this as well. But then Strowman mows down Drew, and I have no clue, at least yet, if this greatest Royal Rumble dollar store trophy was meant to break because they barely touched it. Yep. But it did. Yeah. Let's talk over the possibilities of this, Alex. Yeah. Um, they had him bring that damn thing down to the ring. Oh, like, here's the thing. Like, here's somebody that I don't know who wrote this. I think so, somebody was actually our fight wrestle who tweeted it. But did they write off the trophy because it's so stupid and giant and ridiculous? If they wrote it off, that's great. As long as it begins. This this Drew and Braun thing. But the problem is, is that really you couldn't find a better way for these two guys to start feuding than over no, no. a stupid trophy. I love it. I mean, they've they've already went stupid as shit on Braun anyway. When we we saw it coming. Yeah. Go check out Cricket Wireless right now. You're on fire. We knew that was coming. We knew Brain Strowman was coming. We knew the stupid little kid was coming. We knew all that stuff was on its way. We called it in November, and I hate the people that say called it, but we did. The best thing they can do right now is Braun Strowman going, I really don't appreciate it when people break things Yep, to Drew McIntyre. That is the best thing yeah. possible. No, it'd be very good. Like, breaking things is my gimmick. You no, don't... no, no. He should completely ignore the fact that he breaks things. That is incredibly irresponsible of you. Why would you break something that belongs to someone else? Have you no manners? That's what I want to see. They've already went down that route with Brain Strowman. You lack decorum, (laughs) sir, and I challenge you to a duel. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
take 10 paces, and then we will run across the ring into each other as hard as we can. What we need. Oh, man, him doing that spot, though, where he's running into a guy who's as big as Drew it's, on the outside. And poorly at some point. Oh, man, they're going to separate each other's shoulders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ziggler picked up the win. That's lost in all this. But Drew McIntyre and uh, Dolph Ziggler win. The, the, they're doing a little something with the tag team division. They're building a couple people. Wish they would build the revival. Yeah. Money in the Bank qualifier. Kevin Owens defeated Elias and Bobby Lashley. Angle says he has a replacement for gender, but Stephanie calls and she wants Owens in the match. First off, I just want to say, I've been putting over Michael Cole. No amount of his commentary will make me sad that Kevin Owens is getting another chance. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he's the thing. I love it. He's like, oh, he just he cries and whines to management and they give him another chance. How many chances does he want? Meanwhile, he's also caping for Reigns, who all he wants is more chances. Like, like you're a, you're a hypocrite, Michael Cole. Yeah, you're a damn hypocrite. Uh, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, sir. We get the same heels work over the babyface stuff. We get Bobby's sisters chance. In the middle of this, Elias wants to perform a song. She should be ecstatic every time. Just inexplicably, she should be like, "Also, my time to shine." Yeah, let's do it. JoJo is such an underrated part of this act. Like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Yeah, she right. does it perfectly, perfectly every time. I gotta have her there for it every time. Yep, I like it. Elias gets a mule kick, then Owens misses a cannonball. Again, uh, they WWE has found a way to take London out of, like, out of wrestling. Like, they're not as excited. We get a couple of the cute, cute chants, but it's not as wild as it used to be. Elias amazingly hits that electric chair power bomb. It looked like he was not going to at one point, but he did. Yep. No, he's he's he's. I keep saying it, man. I can't believe this is the guy that was jobbing out in NXT before he got pulled up, and we were we were all like both of us sitting there going like Elias, really? Like, okay. I found some of his pre WWE stuff, and it was not very like nothing that stood out and said this guy would become this guy at some point in the future. So what he's been able to do on this main roster is nothing short of incredible. Cole calls a move that is not a press slam, a press slam. Maybe it was meant to be a press slam, no, but it was not. Yeah. Lashley hits like an inverted big ending. He has, he has a Elias up. I think it's Elias up on his shoulder and spins him around, drops him face first. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, Buddy Murphy did that move to Mustafa Ali in no, a different move. Different move. Well, I mean, he he is a is a modified Yokosuka cutter, which is what yes. that is. There you uh, go. It's a modified that, um, uh, and he did that last week on Two Hundred Five Live. And this Much is my better. chance to very quickly plug: if you have not seen Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali from last week, find that match by come hell or high water and watch that. Thing. Also, go ahead and find you a cool, damp rag because you're going to need it for your forehead. Ooh. That was a good, good match. If you're Damn. not watching the main event, at least, of 205 Live every week, you're really missing out. That show is really taking off. It's really, really good. Wow. Dane attacks Lashley, really whips his ass. I mean, does a number on Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Zane, a little much. But uh, a frog splash on Elias wins it for KO. He and Sami Zayn are palling up, which is decent. 
I mean, there were no bad matches on tonight's show. Oh. But there were some heatless ones, and that's a shame because some of these matches had some stakes. Yeah, it is, it is weird because usually London's like way into it. Yeah. I also wonder, like, I mean, I don't know. It's This is taped. Like, I'd like to know for people who were there, were they cheering for the wrong people? And they hmm. muted some of the stuff. Like it's, I mean, that's always possible. Well, sometimes they boo who they're supposed to cheer and cheer how they're supposed to boo. I know. Some of these b- crowds are just weird, man. It's bizarro world. It's bizarro world in so in half the towns in the world. I know. It's oh, here's the thing, but here's what here's what happens. Now the sixty thousand people who come to the arena and they're and they're booing Roman Reigns the pay per view. That's a small sample size because you it's know the. It's a small sample. Small sample. Everyone at home is cheering him. That's what Corey Graves says. So, yeah, that was the one thing. Like, despite how transparent Corey Graves was in that interview, when he said that, I was like, "No, it doesn't work like that." <laughs> like that was up there among like uh, among one of the other weird things I heard when people are like, "Oh, these marks act stupid at shows," and then you encourage like your you incite your audience to act a fool in your comment section and to other people. I'm like, you know, this doesn't really make sense, but I'll tell you guys what does make sense. FightfulSelect.com. We got your Q&A podcast. We got the Weekender podcast. Members only podcasts. I did a special alternate commentary podcast this month. We got dark match commentary. We're going to film commentary for Jimmy Van's match archives. I push Raw and SmackDown scripts up there sometime. And then over on Fightful.com, an interview I did with Impact's Kiara Hogan picked up a lot of uh, traction this week. You can see her this weekend on TitleMatchWrestlingNetwork.com. But over the past week alone, we have had an exclusive on Low Key's webinar. Low Key did a webinar, and only two people paid for it. One of which was Fightful.com, sarcastically. That story is up on Fightful.com. Go to FightfulWrestling.com. Click our exclusives tab. I have information on who produced what SmackDown segments last week. Uh, The Kiara Hogan interview got updated on her contract status. Eli Drake interview. uh, More on the Gangrel interview. And, of course, that Fightful Wrestling Weekly that drops every Friday Friday morning. Our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited do a great job covering that. Check out their YouTube page. Also, I talk about that at length on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. We also have our interview up with Marty Skrull. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Well, I'm going to be doing a deep dive on all the taters farms in your home state of Kentucky to find out which one is being is owned by uh, Sarah Logan's uncle. That's what I'm doing. I'm excited for it. I am yeah. excited for it. You know, it's 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 what it's it's the kind of hard hitting journalism that you've come to expect. Uh, from 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 me and fightful.com we like to do things a little bit different if you can't have some fun covering pro wrestling what are you even doing i have a lot of people that will be like you know sometimes you're not professional when you tweet and i'm like okay guys (laughs) if you want somebody to cover what we just saw yeah and have no (laughs) sense of humor i'm not your guy no. Not your guy, Fightful.com. I would put us nope. in the top three as far as exclusives go these days. Like yeah. the, there, are, there are no more than two websites that get more exclusives than us. We put in our work. We can at least laugh about it. Yep. We're going to laugh about some goddamn tater farms this week. 
Thank you guys so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you at that UFC 224 post-show podcast. If you didn't check that out, go ahead. Holy Smokes podcast, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Listen, your boy. Jimmy's going to tell you all about him moving into his new house. He's out like all week. Like the two people that I that I directly report to over me are out of the office. So I don't know who the hell's my boss this week. But until next time, guys. We're out. We're, we're out of here. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.